Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I want to say a couple things. Uh, you know, a huge thank you to Derek last week for preaching because uh, I was not here and uh, I was doing something totally crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, last week, I'm 42 years old, and my oldest got married last weekend. So, uh, do we have a picture? I think we have a picture. Do we have a picture? We do. There's, so there's my four boys. Uh, one of them is holding JC. Uh, <laughs> the other, the other, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, the other three were just uh, giggling and laughing. And I like the two on the end here. I don't know if you noticed this, but see how close they are together? My, my uh, two oldest boys, you see how like there's like that gap in between them? That's all the time, you know? And uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was a gorgeous wedding. And, and I did really good. I was telling our team earlier as we were praying this morning, I did great at the beginning. I did really, really well during the service. And I did really well, uh, you know, through the whole thing. And then we got to the daddy-daughter dance back at our VRBO on our little porch overlooking the sound. This was in Pensacola, Florida, destination wedding, real small. Dude, I lost it, man. Like, I just, and she, she puts on this song. She's on Spotify, and she goes, I got a song I want to play, Dad. And so here she is, just most beautiful woman I've ever seen in her wedding dress. And she plays the song, and it's really special to her and I. And I don't know the title of it, but uh, you know the song. It's, it's the one in Cinderella Story. I used to hold her on my lap. We used to watch that movie, you know, as a kid. And uh, I, I forget how, how it goes, like, I'll be your crying shoulder or something like that. I don't even know the band. But we just had just a great time. And so thank you for allowing me to, to be with my family last week. And Derek just really doing a great job leading the church and leading us. And I'll tell you what, man. When you listen to his words, he has wisdom beyond his years, doesn't he? He really does. And so I know I make fun of him because, you know, he looks like he's 10 and he makes fun of me because I came up here with a walker because I'm wearing a Brady jersey. But we really do love each other. And I really do think he has lots of wisdom that he continues to just give to you and I. And so uh, it's a blessing. We get to hang out every week. And so it's awesome. Um, I'm going to talk about this at the end of service. Make sure you grab a bunch of these. Just, I'm going to pick on everybody here who's a part of the Bridge Church. Who will grab at least five of these on the way out? All right, good. All right, thank you. All right. All right, so, um, and, and here's the deal. Um, one of the things, we have that purple book like Derek was talking about. That starts this Tuesday. Chad and Natalie, will you just wave? They're right there. Go see Chad and Natalie. All right. They're awesome, even though they don't own the Dairy Queen in town anymore. They're still awesome. All right. So, Go talk to them and get to know them because they are going to have an incredible time Tuesday night. And uh, here's the thing. You've probably heard me say this before and even more prevalent today than before. If you do not connect, you will disconnect. And so make sure you're connected, whether it's a ministry team. You know, we, we uh, are lacking in drummers right now. So if you drum, we, we, we want to put you in, man. We don't want to use you. We want to utilize your gifts. So if you're like, I've got a little rhythm Talk to, talk to Kylie, Ted Lisa, one of our worship leaders. Uh, if you like kids, talk to us. You know, just, we want you to be a part of things. We want you to connect wherever you want, all right? And so let us know, please. We, we can't read your mind. My wife still thinks I can read her mind. I can't. I can't, all right? That rib that God took to, you know, create Eve, that was the mind reading rib. It's gone. It's gone forever. I don't have it. All right, so here's the deal. Who's excited about the Word of God today? Anybody? Come on. All right, so... 
Here's the deal. I'm so pumped because today is the last in this Jesus Files, and I've had so fun because everything we do revolves around Jesus, all right? If not, we might as well just be a bar and hand out appletinis, okay? So here's what we are today, is we're doing the last in this series about the Jesus Files, and I've been going through kind of the rebellious Jesus, the crazy things that he said, and today I want to look at one of the craziest things that he said in all of the Gospels. It's one of the things that I look at and I go, why did you say that, Jesus? I don't even understand this. And I've been a Christian a long time. And so I've had a lot of fun like unpacking this and doing my homework and studying. And so I think I have a word today that it might step on your toes a little bit. I Hopefully it encourages you. Um, but I'm going to give you kind of a lot here. This is not a point one, point two, three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a lot of different stuff and then we're going to wrap it up together. So I need you to go on this little journey with me. Just imagine it like, like your favorite roller coaster. Or if you don't like roller coaster, one of those like spinny throw up rides. All right. So um, how many here like Chick-fil-A? First of all, anybody? Where much? How many think Raisin Cane's is better? There's the door. All right. So, um, I love Chick Fil A, man. And I'm sorry, it's like even illegal talking about it on a Sunday. I shouldn't. All right. But Chick Fil A, one of the coolest things they did, and that they do, if you don't know, they they are a you know really faith based organization. Uh, and, and one of the coolest parts about their organization is the stories that you hear. And so I saw this story the other day, and I don't know if it will play in just a second, but I don't know if you've seen this ad that they have. And it's this ad, and it's these two girls. They're sitting on a couch, and one of the girls talks to the other girl, and they're, they're friends. And you realize that one of them, uh, you know, has to bike to work every day. And in the winter, she's like, you kind of got a pain. Well, this other girl ends up winning this car and gives her this car. If you haven't seen it here, go ahead. It's just real quick. Go ahead and we'll just play it quick for you. I'm originally from Hawaii, but I moved to Wisconsin just last year. I decided to get a bike because the car was too expensive. We both work at Chick-fil-A. She would bike to work every day. And then winter hit, and that was pretty rough. So there was a holiday raffle, and they were giving away a car there. Her name got called, and I was like... (laughs) <laughs> she decided to give the car to me. Chick-fil-A feels like one big family. Helping you or just like any of my coworkers always brings joy. It's crazy to say like I gave my best friend a car. Okay. How many have you seen that before? That's cool, right? Can I just say that's a demonstration of the church right there? Isn't that? I mean, how great is that? You know, two years ago we had a, a another car thing in our church. We had a single mom who purchased a car and she didn't have money. And I was telling the story and somebody after church came up to me and, and handed me cash to give to the mom to pay for the car. I mean, that's the church. And guys, I just want you to know we're doing that and we've continued to do that. And that's awesome. Let's, let's continue to be the church, not just do church for an hour Sunday morning, right? That, that's it. Are you with me? Okay. I'm like, I had caffeine, man. I'm just ready to go. All right. So that's the church. But both of these stories, the Chick-fil-A story, the story in our church, Here's where I want you to see where it comes from. It's not just this like thing in us that goes, oh, I'm so smart. I'm going to do this. This is what we call a nudge from the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now now you might say, well, no, it's just a gut feeling I had, or I just had this like real emotional feeling that I should do something. Okay. That's the Holy Spirit. It ain't you. Stop giving yourself credit. All right. Okay. Well, I, I don't even know the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, the Holy Spirit knows you. Okay. Because he's utilizing you to be the church to other people. That's what he's doing. So you get these little nudges. How many ever had those little nudges before? All right. Like maybe it's in, in a store or somewhere and you feel like, I just need to do this for this person. That's the Holy Spirit. You're not that special. Okay. He is. And so he's like, he's given us this power. He's given us these things to do. Now, remember, I'm giving you a bunch of stuff here. We'll tie it all together in the end. So stay with me. Disciples. Remember last week we talked about it, how Jesus showed up, or two weeks ago we we talked about it, how Jesus showed up after the resurrection. He died on the cross, was buried, 
And then he resurrected and he's standing with his disciples and he's like, peace be with you. And because why would he say peace? Because they're probably freaking out because they think he's a ghost. And he's right there and he has this conversation. I kind of told you, I paint this picture of them sitting at like a bonfire roasting marshmallows. That's what I picture, all right? And, and there wasn't even a marshmallow tree yet back then. And so here they are just hanging out, chilling, doing life together. And then one of the craziest things happens. Jesus first goes, Okay, peace be with you. Yeah, please, because I think you're freaking me out. And then he goes, the second thing he does, is he goes, hey, look at my hands. Look at my wounds. Touch here. Look at this. And they're like, okay. And then he says again, peace be with you. Then after that, he says this. He goes, I'm sending you. Okay, I'm sending you. Then what he does is crazy. Okay, you know what he does? You know what he does after this? All this. He's resurrected Jesus. You're standing there. You're freaked out. Peace be with you. Roasting marshmallows with Jesus. Having a Hershey's bar. And then you know the next thing he does? wasn't a Hershey's bar back then, by the way, but they're chilling. And Jesus breathes on them. What? Like, you want me to smell your chocolate breath? Like, why? Why? Why does he breathe on him? Check this out. John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he said this, okay, he said, peace be with you, showed him the wounds, all that. He breathed on them, and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. What? What? This doesn't even make sense, does it? I mean, we're not even at Pentecost yet when the Holy Spirit was poured out for everybody. You know, he, he hasn't sent the Holy Spirit yet. He's here resurrected. So what's Jesus doing? Is he like, does, is it minty fresh? Like, like, what is Jesus doing? And so this is so cool. I want you to see this. This could be the craziest thing I ever see Jesus do. I mean, just imagine, like at the end of service, let's say you're a visitor here. And I'm like, who's the visitors? And Derek was joking, like we pick on you. We have you come up and I'm like, I'm just going to breathe on you today. You ain't never coming back, you know? It doesn't matter how many Eltoids I had. You ain't, you're like, that's a weird church, man. They breathe on people, you know? Like, whew, receive Jesus today. What? Like, like, and so I'm going, Jesus, what are you doing? Like, that's, this seems crazy. You know, either you're a Lord or you're a lunatic. There's not really any other options. And I believe he's Lord. Well, let's go back way, way, way back a long, long time ago before you and I were even, even an oodle of an idea, okay, in our parents' eyes. Genesis chapter 2-7. Going way back, we'll tie it all together. Stay with me. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and, say it really loud, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Could you imagine us doing that today? Hey, come up here. You need some life. That is not a COVID-friendly verse. Let's just say it, okay? Not, okay? Breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And so God created Adam out of the dust, and he's just laying there like a corpse. And God looks at him and goes, you need life. And so God goes over to Adam. <sighs> Don't know why he does this, but this is what he does. It's his choice, his creation. He gets to do whatever he wants. Breathes life into Adam, and Adam becomes this living being. All right? Now, this is happening, and then we have Jesus in contrast. Well, the disciples are already alive, so it's not that he's breathing life into them to be living beings. He's breathing life into them to be spiritual beings, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay, to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a crazy concept. It's a crazy idea. Well, where else do we see Jesus breathe? Okay, think about it. You know. Where, where is one of the biggest times that Jesus breathed ever that we read about? We read about it on Easter all the time, on the cross, right? Right? It said he breathed his last he gave it out Mark chapter 15, verse 37. It says this, 
And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. Well, you ready for this? Get to have some, some nerdy Greek fun with you today. I'm so excited. All right. Here's, here's the deal. That word uttered there that we just kind of gloss over. All right. What that really means, uttered, literally means to forgive. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? I told you that. So, so in Jesus, in forgiving, gave out a loud cry and breathed his last. Well, who is he forgiving? Everybody. All of our sins. He gave out the Holy Spirit. He breathed it out. Okay? He was emptying himself of the Holy Spirit. All right? He uttered, forgave, gave out his last breath, and Jesus breathed out the Holy Spirit. That's why he died. There was no longer a spirit keeping him alive. Okay? After the resurrection, here he is back with the disciples. He doesn't breathe out the Holy Spirit. He breathes the Holy Spirit in to the disciples. See the difference? Okay, he died, Holy Spirit's out, okay? The disciples are here, he breathes on them, they receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 22, and 23, again. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the... Then verse 23, though, watch this. Remember the word uttered means to forgive. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're what? They're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Ooh. Ooh. Ick. Well, I don't like that verse very much. It's a little convicting for me. But what is he doing? What's Jesus doing to the disciples? And why are we reading it thousands of years later? Well, he's giving us the recipe on how to live as a Christ follower with a spirit-filled life. How do we do it? Can't do it on your own. Little, little thoughts that you get, you know, those are God thoughts that he's putting in us to fulfill his will. It's not just us. He's giving us a recipe to live as a spirit-filled Christ follower. I think sometimes we're like, God the Father, yeah, I get, I get God the Father. And then we're like, Jesus, he's our brother. I get, and, and then we're like, the Holy Spirit, that's just weird. I'm not touching it. You know, we get freaked out by the Holy Spirit. It's not freaked. It's, you don't have to be freaked out by it. And I just want to make it really, really relevant to our lives today. Why is this so important? Why is this verse so important? I'm glad you asked. You know, Back in the day, when I was in eighth grade, and uh, a friend of mine and I, we lived in Circle Pines. We lived in these townhouses that were really close together, right off of uh, Lake Drive, kind of by Golden Lake, if you know the area at all. And we moved a lot. So we were there for one year, and we lived there on Halloween. And it was one of the greatest places to trick-or-treat, because in townhomes, they're so close together, man. I filled two pillowcases filled with candy, man. It was awesome. Well... This night, this buddy of mine, he has uh, this, like, two-story townhouse that's a little bigger than ours was. And in his basement, he lived with his grandma. In his basement, it was all unfinished, but he created this, like, dance floor. So he had, you know, back, this back in, like, the 80s now we're talking, all right? In early 90s, I don't remember exactly when, but you had, like, the black lights. Remember those? You know, the cool black lights? And then in the middle, he had this disco ball, you know? And... He'd shine a light on it, and all the things would go on the floor and make you dizzy. It was crazy. And, and then he had this huge system with the sub, and boom, boom, we're just, you know, we're pumping crisscross and really cool music. And uh, anyway, yeah, make you jump. And uh, then after this, okay, we're doing this, and we're just hanging out till the wee hours of the morning, like two or three in the morning. And we decided to go outside. I don't know why. We're just kids, whatever. So we go outside at about two or three in the morning, and we look up, and you can see kind of the glow of Minneapolis in the south, but it's crystal clear above us. And as an eighth grader, I'll never forget this as long as I live. We're standing out there, and we see something like way off in the distance. 
and it flies over us, like, like 10, 15 feet above us. And just this like, and we're sitting, I'm like, did you see that? Like I said, and so we flew downstairs underneath the disco ball to hide. I'm like, what was that? We're freaking out. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, so I'm literally thinking, it's over. The world's coming to an end, man. I don't know what that was. And I'm like, you think that was a UFO? Do you, like, I didn't even know what a drone was back then. I, maybe it was a drone. I don't know. But we were, like, I don't know if you've ever been in that area where you're, like, scared. You're thinking, this is it. Like, this is the end of the world. And so we're sitting in his basement thinking it's the end of the world, listening to Criss Cross, all right, and, and House of Pain and other really not good music. And so we're, we're sitting there, and I, I had this thought. Now, I didn't grow up in the church, but what I realize now that I didn't know then is one of the key tenets of our faith. Well, we believe that Jesus died and resurrected. Then he comes, he's with his disciples. And just a, a few days after this, about 40 days after this, you remember what he does? He ascends into heaven. He goes into heaven. And before he goes, there's something he says. And he says, I will return again for my church. And so this is about the return of Christ. Like, Jesus is coming back for his church someday. This is one of our tenets of our faith. Sometimes I don't like talking about end times or Armageddon or the end of the world because it makes people really weird. Right? Doesn't it? I tell you what, you talk, oh, I do this formula and Jesus is coming back next Tuesday night, you know, after I have my steak dinner. No, he doesn't care about your steak dinner. He cares about his church, right? We don't know when Jesus is coming back. I'm not here to predict or tell you anything weird like that. If anybody does that or any leader, kick them and then run because they're wrong, okay? Some believe, though, that we're living in the last days. I heard about this from COVID. I hear about this all the time. Now, I want you to, I want to tell you something. Even though they might be crazy, they're right. We are living in the last days, and I want to show you why. Before you judge me, just listen, okay? But the last days that we're living in, Jesus has talked about since he was on earth. We're just a little closer. That's all. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm not saying like Jesus come back tonight. He could, but he could come back this week. He could come back next. He could come back 3,000 years from now. We don't know. And the moment you hear a leader or a pastor tell you they know or they can predict it, run, Forrest! So how do we know we're getting closer, though? I'm glad you asked. The Bible gives us a test. Who likes tests? Nobody. All right, so here's the deal. Okay, Paul writes a test. He says, you know what? In the last days, you're going to know if you're in the last days. He says, you're going to know. Watch this, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, before, hold on, hold on. Take it down for one second. Take it down. Quick, quick, take it down, take it down, take it down. All right, okay. Here's what I want you to do. As you're reading this, as you're reading this, I want you to, to count how many Paul is writing, okay? Let's see, because this is a test to see if we're in the last days, and I want you to see if, if we are, let's just look at Paul. He wrote this 2,000 years ago because there's no way he could have known what's happening today, right? Only the Holy Spirit maybe knew and nudged him to write this, maybe. All right, so here we go. All right, 2 Timothy 3, chapter, one, chapter 3, verse 1. Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be, but they, do we know any lovers of themselves? Uh, you don't have to say it out loud. Sheesh. All right. do, do we know any lovers of money? Well, not in 2021. Boastful. Do we know anybody who's proud? abusive no we don't have anything we don't deal with abuse anymore uh disobedient to their parents this is not just talking about teens by the way all right ungrateful i know sometimes that's me sometimes i take things for granted i know none of you do but i do i'm just confessing all right unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self-control brutal not lovers of the good and keep going treacherous 
rash, full of themselves, I mean conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Okay, before we read verse 5 together. Anybody, does that ring a bell for anybody that we've seen or heard about today? Or is, is Paul just off his rocker? Like, we don't see this at all today, right? I mean, just in the world, not in the church, right? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So have them over to dinner. What does it say? Have nothing to do with such people. That's pretty blunt, Paul. Why? Well, this is written in the first century. Paul, right here, let me ask you a question. Who's he talking to? Now, he's writing this to Timothy, who's a church planner, a pastor. Is he talking in, this, in these few verses about the world? Or is he talking about the church? Let me just say this. If we can't tell, then maybe we're not being the church and all we can be. There's always room for improvement, right? Okay? In the last days, we'll see a form of Christianity has a form of godliness but denying its power. You know, you know what I think this looks like to me? This looks like salad bar religion, or I like to call it pizza ranch religion. You go to pizza ranch, how many like their chicken better than their pizza? Okay. How many like their pizza better than chicken? How many just go there for the, the cactus bread? Okay. All right. Okay. We go in there. What do we do? We pick and choose what we want to eat, what we want to fill ourselves with. Because there's some stuff on that salad bar, some stuff on the pizza table that we don't care for, we don't like. And what I've seen in, in today's world, in the, in the church, some of us, is we like to pick and choose. Well, this makes me uncomfortable, so I'm just going to go with this. Well, I believe God, God's word is absolute, and he's given that to us for a reason. The last days we're doing this, but what if we stop doing this, and what if we realize it's all for us? It's all for us to live out. You know, I hear often some say, well, well, you know what, Pastor, I know it says that in the Bible that I'm called to forgive and live by the Holy Spirit, but I can't forgive. You don't know what they did. You're right, I don't know. I haven't lived what you've lived. Or I can't deal with my wounds or, or my mental health that's over, overcoming me. Or I can't figure out how to deal with this sin that I've just been dealing with and dealing with and dealing with. You don't understand, Pastor Chris, and I don't want to tell anybody about it because I'm scared. So I can't deal with it. Well, I want, you're true. That's a true statement. You can't but you can by the Holy Spirit. you got to stop striving. You can't do it. You know, this morning, I, I was parked on the side of the road. I saw two eagles, and I posted it. And there was these two eagles just flying. One was a golden, one was a bald-headed eagle. And I just loved it. I posted it on, on social media this morning. And, and the cool thing about that that I saw was that's how we're called to be as Christians. We keep striving rather than just rely on the Holy Spirit to take care of you. He's got you. Okay? Amen? Okay? John chapter 3, verse 34. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. Talking about Jesus. For God gives the Spirit without limit. So does the Holy Spirit come with limitations? We just read, doesn't. It doesn't. There's no limit. It's like pizza ranch with no bill. But you got to eat it all. You can't just pick and choose. And you never get full. Okay? He just is the only one that says no limit. Some translations say it with no measure. In other words, the Holy Spirit is freely given. Okay? Freely given. Now, let's wrap this all together. Okay? We talked about Jesus. 
with his disciples, hanging out, breathes the Holy Spirit on them. Talked about us being the church, utilizing the Holy Spirit, learning and leaning into him. We looked at how God spoke life into Adam to be a living being, but now we're called to be spiritual beings. I want to give you just two thoughts that I pray would, would hopefully just bless you in your walk with God or bless somebody else. And then we'll close here in just a few minutes. So here you go. Number one, the spirit is given without limit. So our forgiveness should have no limits. I want to challenge you in this today. Here's Jesus. He shows up. Peace be with you. Okay. He says that. Peace be with you. Shows him his wounds. Peace be with you. He says, just as I'm sending you, you are sent. Okay. Breathes the Holy Spirit on them. And he says, whoever you forgive is forgiven. Whoever you don't forgive is not forgiven. In other words, what Jesus is truly saying is you and I on our own, we can't forgive. We're grudge holders. We want retribution. But what Jesus is saying, that's not the way. Okay, that, that salad bar, that's the part we have to eat. He's saying we have to forgive. And what he's really saying, you ready for it? This is going to hurt. As a Christ follower, forgiveness is not an option. It's not optional. You want to say you're a Christ follower, then be a Christ follower. You got to forgive. Well, I don't want to forgive. Jesus never said you have to want to. He just said to do it. Well, I don't feel like it. You probably never will. But the Holy Spirit, who's been given to us without limit, will lead you in that. All right? Forgiveness as a Christian is not optional. Ready for it? Jesus' response. Think about it. He's on the cross. Remember one of the things he said to everybody? We said he uttered, which means forgiveness. But then he also said, Father, forgive them, because why? They, they now not what they do. They don't know what they're doing. Okay, let's just be real for a minute. How many of us in life just don't know what we're doing? Okay, then God forgives us. Yeah, without limit. Forgives us without limit. Here he is, Jesus, being beaten and killed for his faith. Killed for being, claiming he's the son of God. And he could have been like, God killed them all. And we wouldn't be here right now to talk about this. Some of you would have chose that. Okay, he could have. He's God. Father, forgive them. They don't understand what's going on. They don't get it. Forgive them. What if we don't understand why the other person hurts? What if we don't understand everything that's going on in that person? You see, Jesus' response, ready? You might want to write this down. Jesus' response to his wounds should be the same response to our wounds. Jesus' response to his wounds should be the same response to our wounds. Okay? Your wounds, ready for it, will either define you or they will define him. Are your wounds defining you or are they defining who he is? His character without limit, forgiveness without limit. What well, wasn't fair? If you knew what happened, it wasn't fair, Chris. Like, like, you don't understand. Like, I know that's what the Bible says, but I'm not ready for it yet. You might not ever be, but the Holy Spirit is waiting and inviting and ready to go. So hop on board and let Jesus breathe the Holy Spirit on you. Okay? Was it fair for Jesus? That's an easy answer. No, it wasn't fair for him. We wounded him. He forgave us. We've all been wounded. Okay? We've all been wounded. Some of them, they might look like bigger wounds. They might look like smaller wounds. But my, my challenge to you today is no matter what wounding you have or what pain that you have or what you've walked through, what you've been through, and maybe you haven't even walked through that much yet, is this. Okay? Your wounds... Okay, all of those things that you have that you hold on to, the pain that you have from your wounds, 
What I'm inviting you to do today when you live a Holy Spirit-filled life is your pain then becomes your praise. You can stay in the pain or you can give it over to God and allow it to become praise. Everybody say number two. This is the last one I got for you. Here it is. The Spirit is limitless life and peace. And so if we're filled with the Spirit, that's what we should manifest, life and peace. How many, I'm just curious, I want you to raise your hand, all right? How many here would love to have more life and peace in their life right now? Anybody? Okay, like all of us, all right? And the other ones that didn't raise their hand are true Scandinavians, all right? If the Spirit is truly limitless in life and peace, why would we not want that? You see, the manifest, but here's the other thing. Just as forgiveness is not optional, I want you to catch this. The manifestation of life and peace as a Christ follower is not optional either. God wants that for you. If you're not experiencing that yet, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to get a hold of those areas. Because he wants you to. He's not there to judge you or, or kick you or you know, slap you while you're down. He's there to go, I want to lift you up. Limitless life and peace. That's what he wants for you and for me. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. Last verse I want to share with you. I love this. The mind governed by the flesh is death. In other words, the mind governed by you is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You know, that's why the lady at Chick-fil-A did what she did. That's why family in our church did why they, what they did. This is why Jesus did what he did on the cross. And when Jesus comes back and he's standing with his disciples, we're Jesus followers, we're looking at this, and he breathes on them to receive the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to see something. We believe that there's what's known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's at Pentecost. Well, we can get all theological about this because that hasn't happened yet. But Jesus wanted his disciples to make sure they had power as he lifted, as he was gone. He said, I'm not leaving you. The Holy Spirit's going to be here with you. The Holy Spirit's with us today. If you want life and peace, live by the Holy Spirit and his power. I've tried it on my own, man. It's horrible. See, not only are we called to receive life and peace, Jesus breathed into us, we're called to give it. We're called to breathe it out. Okay? Without limit. Well, I did enough for today. I I said hi to one person on the way out of church. I did my due diligence, what Pastor Chris asked. You're doing what he asks. I don't care if you do what I ask. Do what he asks. See, when we do this, we look like the church Jesus intended. This might just seem like a silly little card. You know, I've, I've had some people who I, I call super Christians. They call me and they go, it doesn't say Christmas tree lighting. It just says community tree lighting. Yep, you're right. Do you know why? And I have to share why. There's reason. There's a method to our madness. Do you know in the last four or five years, the school district has allowed us to hand these out? And so we have get to be a blessing be a blessing in the school, in our community, but we want to respect them. And yeah, oh, we're going to teach and preach Jesus, absolutely. But we're going to do whatever we can to reach people where they're at. Okay? Utilize this. Tonight, you don't have to go door to door evangelizing. People are coming to your house, bro. It's reverse evangelism night. Guess what you get to do now? You're handing out candy? Hey, you all right? Can I pray for you? Yeah, why not? 
hey, let me talk to you. Now, if you're one of those grandparents or grandparents handing out homemade candy or popcorn balls, please don't evangelize, all right? We want to represent the church well. No no homemade popcorn balls, all right? Be the church. I don't know how. None of us will. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Okay? Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Jesus, that you said the craziest things. You were a rebel without, with cause, Lord. You came. You died. You rebelled even death on the cross. You came back. You resurrected. And here you come again, hanging with your disciples, just as you hang with us here today by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, would you breathe into us a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit so that we may be the church that you've called us to be. Lord, whether it's saying hi to people on the way out of church or tonight or at the Christmas tree lighting or in the community or with our workplace or with our family, whatever we need, God, would you give us that by the power of the Holy Spirit? I pray here today, Lord, that if anyone has not committed to a relationship with you, they would before they leave these church doors today. They'd ask for forgiveness because you give that forgiveness without limit over and over and over. For the hurting and the wounded that are here, may they be able to give freely that forgiveness this week as well. Lord, we're all at a different place in here, and I pray you'd meet us where we're at, continue to love us where we're at, and allow us by the power of the Holy Spirit to be the church and love others that maybe seem unlovable. Be with us, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give him some praise this morning? This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.